Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. And uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, Radio Detectives. Well, before we do get started, I want to uh, encourage you, if you have not already, to uh, pick up your copy of my first detective novel, Slime Incorporated. Pa- uh, listener Pam McCall picked up a copy, and uh, she enjoyed it pretty well. And I really uh, think if you like def- detective fiction, you'll enjoy this uh, particular story. So it's available both as a paperback and for the Kindle. Also, at greatdetectives.net, I have my review of the Poirot telefilm, Mrs. McGinty's Dead. And you can check that out at greatdetectives.net. You can subscribe to all of our uh, articles or your uh, Kindle and try that out for two weeks free. Just search for Great Detectives of Old Time Radio in the Kindle store. Well, we're going to bring you the oldest program we have ever done. There are a few things that are known about police headquarters. It was a 39-episode series that was done by Bruce Ells uh, Production. Long-time listeners will recognize Bruce Ells as a name that was behind The Adventures of Frank Race, which we played uh, about a year ago. Police headquarters was syndicated to NBC stations out on the West Coast, and it was done in 1932, which is far earlier than anything else we ever did. When I listened to the first episode, I thought this probably would not be a fit for the show since the mystery seemed to be resolved fairly quickly and almost seemed to go the route of a typical crime drama, which was more focused on the criminal than the police. But I... uh, decided to give the series a complete listen-through, and actually found that for its era, it actually works pretty well. Each episode was 15 minutes long, which I think kind of uh, balanced some of the pacing issues that 1930s uh, radio drama had in the half-hour format, or even in the serial format, where it could tend to drag along. Each episode of Police Headquarters was a self-contained show led to pretty good pacing. And we're going to play this series before we get to Dragnet because I I want to give a flavor of what an attempt at a police procedural, and I think a pretty good one, looked like uh, before Dragnet came along. And you'll definitely hear a few of those classic 30s touches. So we're going to go ahead and play episode one and episode two, the Red Dugan murder and the laundry truck napping. Thank you. 
headquarters. What that? Just a second, I'll connect you with homicide. Homicide, Captain York. Captain. Rod Dugan has just been killed. Yeah? Where did it happen? In Tom Cotsonaris joint. Who's this talking? Ryan. I'm the officer on the beat. Okay, Ryan. Don't let anyone out of the joint till I get there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir? Get a car around to the front and a couple of men from the detective bureau. Send in a general call to surround Tom Cotsonaris' joint and hold any suspicious-looking hooves that try to slip through. Rob Dugan has just been dumped off. Yes, sir. Come on, get those people out of that door. Come on, open up here, open up. Where is he, Ryan? In the back room, Captain. He's dead. Where's Cotonaris? He's back there, too. Well, don't let him slip out. This'll be just about the last gang killing in his place. The old man said to padlock him if anything else happened down here. Here, let me shut to this door. Come on, help me here. Come on, get back there. Come on, back up, back up there. Come on. There, stay on the door, Ryan. Say, what's this bunch of rats doing here? You told me to hold them, Captain. Oh, so they're the guys that were here when Dugan was killed, eh? A fine-looking bunch. All right, just keep them where the idle wagon gets here. We'll sift them out down at headquarters. Yes, sir. Who called you in from the beat? Uh, Aris. Okay. I'll stroll in the back room and just see what's going on. Oh, Captain York, eh? I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'll bet. Where's Dugan? Why, back there, uh, behind the tap. Hmm. Knife in the back, eh? Who did it? I don't know, Captain York. Frank, one of the waiters, came back here and found it. Was he back here alone? No. Nick Dinesco was with him. That dirty little snake, eh? When did he get out of prison? I don't know, Captain. No, I suppose not. How long was Nick with him? Oh, about one hour. And then Nick left? Yeah. Anybody see Dugan alive after Nick left him? No, Captain. This knife has Nick Donesco's initials on it. Is it his? Well, looks very much like it, Captain. Know any reasons for Nick killing him? Oh, I, I don't know not. Now listen, Cotsoneras. I've got orders to padlock your dump the next time there's trouble down here. Now you'd better give us your help on this case. Come on now. Maybe the old man will go easy on you. Well, I want to do what's right, Captain. I don't want the boys killing one another in my place. I'm trying to run a nice place. You can't run a nice place serving liquor to a bunch of rats. What reason would Nick Donesco have for killing Dugan? Well, maybe it was over Nick's old girl. You see, Captain, after Nick went to prison, Dugan stole his girl. So when Nick got out, he looked Dugan up and knifed him in the back, eh? Yeah. But nobody saw him do it. Don't make any difference. Where's this gal live? His name's Sadie. Living with Big Jim Diamond right now. So she bounced Dugan too, eh? Going in for heavy money. Playing around with Big Jim Diamond, eh? Well, we'll look her up. Unless I miss my guess, we'll find Nick hiding around somewhere near. Yes, sir. I've got a hunch that Nick beat it right to Sadie's place and wants her to bring up an alibi. Oh, shh. Let me inside, Sadie. Tom York is right behind me. 
I killed a man, Sadie. I, I killed him. You killed a man? Who? Dugan. <gasps> Dugan? Nick? Why? You know why I killed him. I slipped up on him. He was half drunk. I slipped up on him and drove my knife oh. into his back. Don't. Don't. Ah, so, you were still in love with him, huh? No. No, I, I never loved anyone but you, Nick. You know that. Ah, you can't put that line over on me. You're staying with Jim Diamond right now. I know that. But I don't care. Sadie, you got to hide me. you got to hide me, do you hear? I can't hide you, Nick. Tom York will come up here the first thing. Yeah, I know that. But you got to give me an alibi. you you got to tell Captain York that I've been right here, uh, playing cards, since 11 o'clock. you got to. Why, Sadie, you got your bags packed. Yeah. I'm leaving Jim, Nick. He beats me. He beats me something terrible. Look. Look at these bruises. Yeah. Okay. Now, you give me an alibi, Sadie, and when things blow over, we'll go away together, see? Yeah, we'll go away together. Me and a dirty, rotten little stool pigeon. Oh, I'm not so bad, Sadie, and I've always loved you. Honest. Yeah. Sadie, you got a gun on the table. Why? Why, it's warm. <gasps> it, it's been lying on the radiator. But it's just been fired. Smell the powder, Sadie. I'll tell you the truth, Nick. Jim came home tonight and tried to beat me up. I got this gun to scare him. You... you killed him? No. I just scared him, that's all. Chased me into the next room there. And I fired two shots over his head, through the window. He got scared and left. I gotta get out of here before he comes back. That's Tommy York, Sadie. Oh, he'll get me sure. You gotta give me that alibi. All right. Listen to me, you little rat. What time did you kill Dugan? Uh, about... about half an hour ago. Uh, 12.30. Hmm. It's one now. Anybody see you do it? No. But my knife, they'll find that sure. That's all right. You can tell them you lost it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I lost it. Now listen to me. You, you've been here since 11 o'clock tonight. Yeah, yeah, I've been here since 11 o'clock tonight. I'll tell Tom York that, that I called you over here. That I was afraid of Jim. That I wanted you to protect me. Yeah, that's it. That'll be a good story. That'll give you an alibi. Yeah, yeah, but Tom will find this gun. And he'll want to know about it. Yeah, I got it. We'll tell him that I was afraid of Jim. And I called you over here to protect me. And while you were here, Jim came in. He was drunk, and you fired two shots through the window in the next room to scare him. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that'll stop him. Oh, he's getting pretty close now. He'll be up here any minute. Captain York ain't no fool, Sadie. You'll have to go easy with him. I know how to handle him. Shh, outside now. All right. You've got to act like nothing has happened. Get out in the kitchen and start making some sandwiches. Don't come in this room till I call you. I'll handle the captain. Okay. All right, Nick. Beat it to the kitchen. All right, all right. Keep your shirt on. Hello, Sadie. Hello, Flatfoot. Mind if I come in, Sadie? Help yourself, copper. The door is open. Oh, getting kind of ritzy since you've been associating with Jim Diamond, eh? Oh, I've been doing all right. Sure, leave it to you, Sadie. Leave it to you. All right, Flatfoot. Stop beating around the bush. What do you want? Sit down, Sadie. Don't get so huffy. We're going to have a nice, long talk. All right, Captain. You better sit down, too. I know what you want to talk to me about. And I'll give you the lowdown on the whole thing. Mix him up, Captain. Oh, so that's the way it was, eh? All right, Sadie, you can go. Thanks, Captain. You can come out now, Nick. Sadie's told me all about it. Oh, 
Hello, Captain. Well, I, I was wondering who was out here with Sadie. I, uh, where is she? She took her bags and left. Told me all about it, though. Yeah? All about what? All about where you was all evening and what you was doing. Yeah? What's wrong? I was just about to make a mistake, Nick. A terrible mistake. Yeah? Yeah. You know, Nick, I was just about to make the mistake of trying to pin the killing of Rod Dugan onto you. On me? Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah, funny, isn't it? <laughs> and Sadie tells me you've been here since 11 o'clock. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dugan wasn't bumped off until about 12.30. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost pulled a boner that time, Nick. Yeah. Sadie tells me uh, she called you over here tonight to protect her from Jim Diamond. Yeah, that's right, Captain. She tells me that Jim beat her up. Yeah. Did she show you the bruises? Yeah. He must have beat her up something terrible. Yeah, he does. I shouldn't imagine that you'd like it, Nick, seeing as how you're stuck on Sadie. I don't. Sadie tells me Jim came up here tonight. Yeah, that's right. How was he feeling? Oh, he was drunk. Sadie says uh, you and him had some trouble. Yeah, he starts getting tough, and I told him to get out. He didn't want to go. So? So I, I grabbed Sadie's gun just to scare him and, and tells him I'm going to kill him if he don't beat it. And what did he do? Oh, he got tough, and I, I bust a couple of caps right over his head just to scare him. Hmm, I see. And uh, what did Jim do? <laughs> he beat it out the door running like blazes. Oh, I see. Oh, by the way, Nick, where are the bullets from your gun go? Huh? Uh... Through an open window. Uh, it was in the next room. This room over here? Yeah. Come over here, Nick. I want to show you something. Huh? What's that? Look. Look who's lying on the bed. Jim. Jim Diamond. Sure, it's Jim Diamond, and he's dead. Dead? Oh, oh no. No. You heard me. He's dead. Killed by bullets from that gun. Oh. You killed him because he was beating up on your girl. Oh. No, I didn't. I, I tell you, I didn't. Don't lie to me, you dirty rat. I didn't kill him. I, I wasn't even here. I wasn't even here. No? Then where were you? I was... I was... Oh. Oh, my God. Police headquarters. Okay, Captain. Hello, Tim. Cancel that pickup on Dick Dinesco for that Dugan killing. He just confessed to Captain York. Police headquarters. Police headquarters. 
Just a minute. I'll connect you to the detective bureau. Detective Bureau, Captain Clark. This is Stephen F. Day, 127 Palm Avenue. I want someone out here right away. 127 Palm Avenue. What's wrong, Mr. Day? Plenty. My son, Stephen, has just been kidnapped. Kidnapped? How long ago? I don't know. We just discovered it. Oh, don't stand there talking. Get out and do something. Uh, Radio Patrol will be there in two minutes. Have them search the grounds and I'll be right out. Radio. Get a couple of cars to 127 Palm Avenue on a kidnapping. Right. Yes, sir. Now get Captain DeWitt from identification. Tell him to meet me out in front on a short call car. Right. It's a good thing you got here, Captain. Your men have been trampling all over the yard and hedges, but they haven't found anything. All right, all right. Keep your shirt on. This is Captain DeWitt of the Identification Bureau. How do you do? Uh, who discovered that your son was missing? Uh, I did. How long ago? About five minutes before I called you. That was 15 minutes ago, about 2.30 this morning, right? Oh, I suppose so. I was asleep at the time. What woke you up? The telephone. It kept ringing and ringing until I had to get up and answer it. Don't you keep a butler? Yes, but this was Jarvis's night off. Okay. Who was on the phone? Some man. He said he wanted to speak to Steve. Your son? Yes, I told him to call back in the morning, but he was insistent. I went up to Steve's room, but he wasn't in. Mm-hmm. I noticed that the bed had been slept in, but I was too sleepy to look around. I went to the extension in the hall and told the man that Steve wasn't in. What did he say? He said he knew darn well that Steve wasn't in because he'd just been kidnapped. He said for me to sit tight and not say anything and wait for a phone call. And then he hung up. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, can I see the room? Uh, surely. Uh, right this way. Oh, uh, don't make too much noise, please. Steve's mother is asleep, and I don't want to frighten her. That's all right, Mr. Day. We won't make any more noise than we have to. Yes, yeah, thank you. Uh, right up these stairs, Captain. Um, by the way, did you recognize the voice on the other end of the wire? No, but come to think of it, it did sound a bit familiar. Oh, but then I can't be sure. Uh, here, this is the room. Where's the light switch? Uh, right here. That's better. Look at the window, Frenchie. Right. Well, he slept in his bed, all right. Wasn't much of a struggle. Must have been two of them. No violence. There's no blood. Oh. What's this? Hmm. Chloroform. Probably held him in bed till it got him down. Do you think you'll find him, Captain? I'll pay anything to get him back. His mother... She's not well. This shock is liable. Yeah, well, we'll do all we can. Uh, the thing for you to do is to play ball with us instead of the kidnappers. Stall them along and make them think you've got to have time to get the ransom dough. Oh, uh, by the way, how much did they want? Well, they didn't say. The man who called up said to wait for a phone call. Oh, that's good. They'll probably call back. Uh, do it. Uh, find any prints? Yeah, not many. They jimmied this window and took the boy down this trellis. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Day, uh, how old was your son? He was 20. All right, let's work fast now. I want some pictures of him. All Recent right. ones, good ones, ones that look like him. Yes, all I right. I want a list of his friends, a list of your friends, and a list of your servants. Uh, I'll get them right away. Oh, uh, by the way, um, yes. uh, what's the name of your butler? How long have you had him? Uh, he's been with us about two months. His name is Jarvis. This is regular day off? Yes, he usually visits his sister. She lives somewhere down on East 4th, I believe. Mm. All right, get me those pictures. Uh, this phone Okay. Yes, it's the extension from the one downstairs. Okay. Give me the test board. Hello, this is uh, Captain Clark, Police Department. 
Yeah. I want a phantom circuit set up on this number and run into headquarters right away. Now, speed's important. It's a kidnapping. Well, here are a couple of pictures, and here's a list of friends whom Steve invited to a party last month. Good. Uh, when will this butler of yours be back? Uh, tomorrow morning. Or rather, this morning. Well, I want to talk to him when he comes in. Uh, say, uh, where did he work before he started working for you? Well, he'd been out of work for several months. He was driving for a laundry company. <laughs> so, so you gave him a job as a butler, huh? Well, maybe someday you guys will learn to look into a man's past before you take him on. All finished, Frenchie? Yeah. You don't think that this uh, is a job is... I don't pay to think in my business. When I don't know, I find out. Come on, Frenchie, that's all we can do. Let's go downstairs. But, but, Captain, is that all you're going to do? That's all right now. I've ordered your phone tapped. Whenever it rings, the drop will fall in headquarters and we'll listen in. You stay by the phone and stall the guy. Tell him you want assurance that they've got the boy or something. Uh, that'll give us time to trace the call and get a radio car down on us. Yes, all right. And uh, remember, you're going to play ball with us. If you get a note or a telegram, notify me right away. Oh, of course, by all means. Uh, that's all. Just take it easy and don't worry. We'll keep in touch with you. So long. Find anything, Frenchy? Oh, a couple of prints and a couple of buttons. Buttons look like they'd been torn off in a struggle. Good. Anything else? Well, I'll send a couple of boys out in the morning for footprints. They should find some dandies at the foot of that trellis. Mm. Uh, want me to drive? Yeah. Radio on? Yeah. We better keep this thing undercover for a few hours. I think we can work better if the snatchers don't get all excited. Yeah. Calling car 136, 136. Go to 327 Fremont. A disturbance. Calling 55, 55, five, on the vacant lot at Martin Turner Streets. A drunk. Mm. Got the boys pretty busy tonight. Yeah. Attention all cars. Broadcast number 21 regarding a stolen car. This is the hot one, boys. Two yakes stole a laundry truck about 10.30 tonight. License 239176. <laughs> a laundry truck. <laughs> well, that's a good one. Yeah, that boy won't get far. Hey, do it. Turn in here. Uh, what for? This all-night filling station is just a block from the day residence. Travel isn't very heavy tonight, especially about this hour. We'll see if the attendants saw any cars coming down this way from the day house. Yes, sir. Fill it up? Uh, no, no. Uh, how long have you been on duty, buddy? Uh, since 11. Many cars come past here after two, say, between two and three? Only three. Mm, that's service for you. what they look like? Uh, two small sedans and a laundry truck. A laundry truck, huh? Notice what's company? No, sir, but I thought it was kind of funny for a laundry truck to be running around at 2.30 in the morning. You're right, buddy. It is funny. Calling Captain Clark in 43. Uh-oh, there you are, Clark. Captain Clark. Just had a call to the day house. Came from a pay station at 430 Williams. 430 Williams. It's a drugstore. Pick it up 91 and 92. Kidnapping suspect. There you are. Our friends have called, and 430 Williams is near 4th Street, and Day's Butler has a sister who lives on 4th. And Dave's butler used to drive a truck for a laundry, and a laundry truck is stolen, and one was seen... Come on, come on, come on, let's get going. Come on, there's the drugstore. Yeah, the radio boys are over on the curb. I'll talk home. Good, I'll see the druggist. Well, what's going on around here, Captain? After kidnapping suspect. Did you see the guy who used the phone a little while ago? Yeah. What did he look like? Oh, he was about medium build, dark complected, rather swarthy. Had a mustache, I believe. Good. Maybe I'll bring him in and let you identify him. Frenchy? 
Frenchy. Yeah, yeah, coming right in. Uh, what did the boys have to say? Uh, both cars came down on this place from different directions, but they didn't see anyone. How long were they making a call? One minute flat. And the guy couldn't have gotten far away. Maybe he lives around here close. Hey, Doc, uh, did you ever see this fellow before? Oh, he was in about 2.35 and he was the phone. Why? So he used it twice, huh? That proves he does live around here somewhere. Outside, Frenchy. Give the two patrol cars position at each end of the street. We'll park our car on the 4th Street side and wait for something to happen. sleep long? Oh, a couple hours. I'll let you sleep. You needed it. Mm. What time is it? About noon. <sighs> you have any breakfast? Oh, not since that bite around six this morning. I've been keeping an eye on the street. I don't think... A clock. Hmm? There it is. That's it as sure as shooting. The laundry truck. Two, three, nine, one, seven, six. That's it. Hmm. Stopping right in front of that hotel. All right, you beat it around to the back of the place. I'll take care of him. Hey, Front. one of them's staying in the car. No, I'll take care of him. You got the other one. Right. Well, uh, how's the laundry business? Uh, no, you don't. Put him out. Hey, say, what's the big guy? That's it. Reach him. Uh, I'll yap out of you now. Yeah, but right now, listen. partner of yours, too. All right, back in the truck, you. Here, put them on. Well, but this is an outfit. So, so you thought you could pull a snatch and get away with it, huh? Why, you're crazy. Not anymore, you can't. We're on to you guys like a bill collector. Why, you're crazy, Dad. Here comes your buddy. Not one yap out of you now. Mm, he's dragging the laundry bag, is he? So you got young day in that bag, huh? All right, up with him, you dirty kidnapper. I got you dead to rights. Not me, officer. Now, what do you mean? I'm Stephen Day, Jr., the guy that was kidnapped. Uh, but, well, where's Jarvis? Upstairs. Your fellow officer collared him trying to beat it down the fire escape. He's bringing him down. Oh. There was another one, too. Java's sister. She engineered the whole deal. Captain DeWitt just knocked her cold in the herring. Yeah? Well, I'll go up and get that dame. You don't have to, Captain. No? No. She's in the bag. Police headquarters. Okay, Captain. Hello, Tim. Cancel that pickup on the laundry truck and the kidnappers of Young Day. Captain Clark's bringing them in. Yeah, in a laundry truck. Police headquarters.
Welcome back. Well, both plots were fairly clever. I think the second one a little more than the first. Uh, the, you really get a little bit of a hint of the, you know, overall 1930s era. The officers referring to uh, places as joints. And just a few other things that make it feel more like you're uh, watching a gangster movie. Though it really uh, culminates in the, uh, when you get the ca uh, capture at the end of the second episode. But overall, I thought these were uh, pretty good, uh, particularly when we're listening to 82-year-old uh, programming. So I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll uh, be listening next week as we continue on with Police Headquarters. And for listener comments today, we just have a tweet from David, who says, Glad to discover uh, radio, um, at Radio Detectives, good show plus genial host. Thanks. Well, thank you so much, David, and appreciate you uh, listening out there. And you can follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Uh, also, uh, I do want to, and I do want to uh, encourage you to. Uh, come back on Monday as we resume with yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And as I said before, we'll be back on Saturday with two more episodes of Police Headquarters. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.